This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Great to see you again. Here we are again, another day of rain. <laughs> uh, it's funny because last year, the February month as a whole was was one of the driest that we've had for a very long time. And in March, it was really wet, but I think it might be the other way around at least. Or we might have two really wet months, who knows. Anyway, so it's been wet on wet and it's been a bit bit tricky. Um managing the stuff and taking small steps. Oh, there was one day I was walking around and I think I fell over about three times. I'm not sure what that says about me, <laughs> but I, I blame it on the muddy weather and um, taking too big a step. Do you know when you make a big step and suddenly the ground turns slick and slippery under your feet? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got a bit soggy in blazers and it's dried out and the coat's a bit muddy but it'll it'll improve and the girls are a bit like that as well it's covered them in water and mud and they're in that welsh gray look uh not a proper gray it's just a dirty gray you know what i mean so it's not their real color and we had a had a day when they dried out a bit and oh, it was looking nice and uh today's been back to to square one so we're keeping an eye on on what's going on since uh, since Millie is no longer around. There's a little bit of of movement in terms of who's taking the lead, and Hermione and uh, and Nona really, the two older girls, the ones with the coats on, actually, are kind of stepping further forward. Hermione particularly seems to be she's quite alert and and uh, very much to the front of things now, whereas she was much more hanging back previously. So that's that's interesting. A little bit fractious now and again, a little bit of trouble trying to find uh, enough headspace for the food. Uh, but they're managing and we're giving them some nice hay, which they're really enjoying. In fact, as soon as put the hay out, it seems to disappear. It's going, going through it much quicker. The grass is greening. Oh, that's so nice to see. Very fine new grass coming through and a definite bright green colour along with some of the, the growth, some of the, the shoots and the bits and pieces, there's a little bit of a, mm, what is it? It's almost like a, at a distance, it's kind of smoky, kind of misty, kind of colouring on the tree, tops of the trees. And when the sun does shine, occasionally shows its face in between the showers, then it's catching something on the tops of the trees. Uh, there's a bit more. And I think, you know, yeah, 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 a little bit more, a little bit more, <laughs> heading towards the spring that we're all looking forward to. So I hope you can get a chance to experience being out and enjoying some of that. Hmm, what's to come? What is to come? Yeah, I was wondering how you might approach deciding how big your herd is going to be. And alpacas, as we know, are herd animals. And we always worked on the principle that three was the minimum number. Two, technically, it's not an animal by itself then, but three is a much better dynamic. 
in terms of the interaction and feeling more relaxed as a group of, of alpacas. And anything more than that, obviously the the herd instinct and the herd dynamic starts to, to come into more into play. But if you've got some that are breeding females and you're thinking about increasing the numbers, then that's uh, that raises the question, doesn't it? How how big do you want to get? How big can you get? And there's a, a working guide figure, really, of about five alpacas to the acre. I think if you've only got one acre, then it's probably three's as much as you, you want to go. But it gives you an idea of the kind of density. Uh, it depends a bit on the ground itself and therefore the grass that's growing. Um, how much grass is there? Is it is it good grazing or is it fairly rough pasture? And what about the other things that are around like trees? It's the surface area of the of the land is going to be usable land. So what is what is that? What am I talking about? Okay, so it's to do with the slopes, to do with the other vegetation, the hedges and trees and that kind of thing. Um, and whether it's something that the animals can easily get access to and you can contain them, uh, it doesn't always just the, 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 you know, draw a line around the outside of your land and say that's how much land is available for the alpaca. So it's got to be usable, grazable land. And if it's very wet, then there are times when you're not really wanting the alpacas to, to be there. You've got to be thinking about liver fluke and the mud snails. And if it's wetland and very damp, then it's going to tend to be something that's going to favour mud snails and therefore potentially favour the development of uh, liver fluke. So bear that in mind. Um, we're looking for usable land. What's going to make that into something that... Uh, can be counted in your judgment of how much space you've got and therefore how many, what's the maximum number of alpacas you've got. It all depends then for where it is as well in relation to to where you are, where to the house, uh, to the buildings, to the protection that you can give them. So stables or a, a barn. Ooh, ooh, a barn. <laughs> I just love saying that word. It's not something that we, we haven't got one. And uh, barn envy is something that comes into play sometimes. I sometimes visit somewhere else and, and experience seeing a barn and seeing the alpacas in it and the ease. Yeah, well, we just haven't got one. So that's probably out of reach for a lot of us to have a big barn. But if you've got the facilities, that's useful. So if you haven't, how do you cope? Well, you do need something. You do need a field field shelter. It could be open, but it it's useful to have something that you can close in. Um, at least to be able to manage the animals. But you think about the prevailing wind. Where, where does your wind blow from normally? That's the prevailing wind. That's the direction it usually comes from. It spins round. You'll get it from all directions. But our prevailing wind here comes from the southwest. So that's the, the kind of the side that I like to have solid. And it, it is then protecting the animals when they're inside. They don't get blown directly from the prevailing wind. Um, I've also found that it's helpful to have what's called Yorkshire boarding. So it's a hit and miss board. It's a board and then a gap and then a board and then a gap. A uh, small gap, you know, when you're looking at the sort of the, a board and then the thickness of the board between them. And it just allows a bit of light, a bit of air movement without allowing the howling gales <laughs> to blow through. And 
solid at lower level is good because that means when they're cushed, the animals are protected from, from the weather. And if it's in the right direction, you can have the ability to, most of the time, they're going to be out of the weather, out of the wind, out of the rain. And uh, if you've got any way of doing an overhang, that can be really useful. I know down in our stables, we've got a bit of an overhang uh, the roof comes down and comes beyond just the end of the wall, and therefore there's a bit of protection there, and the alpacas will gather there, but it's, <laughs> I use it as well. Uh, it's useful when you're doing things to be able to get out of the weather. So just thinking about uh, potentially useful overhangs. So that's all the kind of physical stuff about how many alpacas can you cope with? Can you get them all in? And often when you get the numbers going up, then you, you don't have the capacity of buildings to be able to get all your alpacas in at the same time. Uh, so some things to think about. What are the limiting factors? The amount of land you've got, the amount of grazing you've got, the amount of protection you can give them through buildings and shelters and stables, barns, that kind of thing. You also want to have some idea of uh, what it's going to mean to have a large number of animals is with with the breeding situation, if you are going to be breeding, then do you have an end point in mind? What's what's the limit that you want to keep on your farm, on your your ranch? And it's going to be different for for each of us, depending on what else is going on. What else are we trying to do in the space that we've got? So think ahead, really. I'm encouraging you to think ahead in terms of the numbers and have an idea of how far you want to go. If you haven't got breeding females, but you've got males, uh, yeah, you can still grow the herd and still have an idea that you'd like more. And it's not uncommon when people start to start with a few and then find within a year, 18 months, they're adding more to the group. So just be aware that's likely to be a, I was going to say a pressure, but I think it's probably more a, a desire that uh, you'll have a, a number of animals. But it's good to be clear, to plan ahead. And the, the limiting factors are the space, but also the capacity you've got as an individual. How much energy, how much time can you give? And one more alpaca doesn't add that much more. Uh, you have to go out and feed and water and muck out and all that kind of stuff for three it's not that much more to do it for five. Uh, but it does, you know, there's more food required. So there's the moving of food, the storing of food, the buying of food. So the cost implications. And the more animals you've got, the more possibility there is for one of them to require veterinary assistance and the cost involved in that as well. So capacity. What's your capacity in terms of time and energy and also financial capacity the usual principle i work on is to, to to buy the best you can with the resources you have and uh, don't don't scrimp it's better to have a few less which are really good quality particularly if you think of breeding uh, but also you can if you if you are breeding you can take a longer term view and actually then build the herd grow your herd in terms of numbers but also in terms of quality so that takes longer to do. You can buy really top quality animals, but they're much more expensive. Or you can choose the appropriate male studs to add 
characteristics that you need in your herd and and do it the slow way so it's one career a year normally and that will mean you're going to be increasing and if you're breeding particularly then what's the what's the way of feeding them on out you know the animals um, to other people so you're gonna have to be selling some of these animals finding new homes for them and if you have a group of females and you bring a, a male stud in you don't really need a stud of your own unless you're trying to build something much bigger so that means you then have to think about where the male is going to be if you've got three females for example and they give birth to two female career and one male what happens when you come to weaning time how do you how do you cope with that single male by himself when you come to wean have you got anywhere to do that or is that the point where you need to to have done the work to find a way of rehoming or, or homing that particular male to avoid the problems of a, of a male on its own or an alpaca on its own it's quite a lot to think about isn't there and to to plan so don't be in a rush Think about where you want to start. Think about where you want to go to and have some idea of limits, both uh, short-term and long-term. Where are you trying to get to and what, what's the maximum? And plan accordingly. There's the possibility of having a small herd and having a lot of personal benefit from the animals from the interaction with them, from caring for them, from from breeding and going through those things, from doing the the husbandry, from having the experience of of getting to know an alpaca, understanding their behaviour, understanding how to care for them, and you want enough of that experience under your belt before you think about going into large numbers. There are people around who can give you advice, and you're going to get different advice from different people. So again. Think through what you want to do and how you want to approach it. What's your maximum? What's your capacity? And and then and then go for it. Then do the thing and build the herd that you're going to be proud of and you're going to enjoy keeping. So that's some of my thoughts on how you grow your herd. And there's the, all the complexities of in terms of breeding, in terms of the, the genetics that come in there, the different colours, the different quality of fleece, the different characteristics that you want to build in. Um, keep it simple. Start with good, solid foundations of animals that are good confirmation and have good characteristics of the fleece. And then you can you can build on those things and you can grow the genetics of your group of animals. It takes time to get the experience. It takes time to understand things and then our packers and animals in general will will always wrong foot you they will continue to be, be a, a surprise and certainly the experiences we've had of, of breeding we've had numbers of surprises and you you don't you don't know what's going to arrive and it's a delight whatever comes some of those things are great additions to the herd and build on generation by generation and others, it's increasing the numbers, but it's not necessarily adding to the quality. So you just have to be prepared to to work at it, to keep trying and fit it to you, your plan. Don't feel under pressure from anybody else.
to be a particular thing or to do it in a particular way. But do your research, do your thinking, and decide how you'd like your herd of alpacas to grow. Of course, it's not just numbers. It's also the alpacas getting used to you, getting to trust you, and you growing in your experience. So together, the the alpacas that you have in your care and in terms of being able to, to care for them well, growing in your experience and expertise. Yeah, there you go. So hopefully, if the weather allows, you'll be able to go and spend a bit of time with your alpacas. If you can, it would be great to spend a bit of time thinking and looking and dreaming. Take care. See you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.